Hello, and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where an injured Len Foote is (laughs) massaging his calves and uh, all other uh, uh, ankles, feet. The ice bags are out. Um, after the a, ice bags are on my psyche, I feel yeah, fine. No, there's a, there's also, a, also a bruised ego, yes. Only bruised ego, I actually don't feel that bad after not playing for run, a month you, and a half. Did you break a sweat at least? Yeah, I broke a sweat. I, I, uh, I actually wanted to play another game or two, but everybody was getting dressed and left. Everyone locked me that. in the gym, <laughs> <laughs> turned the lights off. <laughs> We're all out. There's someone in there. Help! Ah! I was in the middle of shooting a three, and yep, you had to get Roberto show up and unlock the door for me. Right, right. Turn the lights good, on. Good thing you got home. Yeah. Um, I uh, uh, this is going to be a uh, um, a good recap episode that we have in store for you. Chock full. Of as the kids say, fire content. This recap episode. But is, we do not say fire content. Just remember that, Beef. We do not say fire content. Why not? <laughs> oh boy, he's already uh, frustrated with me. We say expertise instead. Expertise. Yeah. Don't you want to be, you know, with the Hep kids? Um. <laughs> Bean is wearing everything is sus t-shirt today so. <laughs> I think I'm he's choosing, having his midlife crisis I'm choosing violence before I hit the clubs um, I uh, tonight we have an out very exciting recap episode for you the Jag Bags listener thank you for tuning in and hearing our uh, content uh, tonight we'll be talking uh, the Super Bowl, one week away. We'll talk all things Rams and Bengals. We'll talk the week that was in the NBA as the All-Star teams were announced, <laughs> and we head into the break. College hoops, Illinois, Northwestern, DePaul, and Loyola all had up and down weeks. We also have a brand new A-list. Color commentator, we'll talk all about him uh, on the college hoop section. We'll also update you on the continuing Courtney Vandersloot drama. We'll talk, I recommend, where Len and I recommend a piece of uh, fiction, a movie, a television show, piece of music, art, a uh, notebook that we are enjoying of a notebook format that we like magazine a magazine yes we'll recommend it hot chocolate yes a flavor of right so these recommendations are very popular especially in singapore um where our listenerships did you get your soup did you get your soup uh yes i did get my soup and Delicious. I got very good. Thank you. We also got a Twitter follower from Singapore. So no doubt she has heard of our expertise. She's the one who sent us the soup, I bet. Probably. 
So thank you, Sanquia. I'm sure I totally butchered that name. Yeah, it's laksa. It's the soup she sent. Delicious. Ooh, very good. It's, uh, wait, let me. Rice noodles and spicy coconut curry soup. I mean. Mine had, mine had shrimp in it. What did you get? Well, mine had a rock. Uh, what? Well, mine, <laughs> that's the old Charlie Brown line. I got a rock. <laughs> uh, I also got some very nice shrimp. Yeah. Um, as well. Good stuff. Welcome all Singapore listeners. Yes. Uh, enjoy our recommendations. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame came out with its 2022 list of nominees. Len and I will vote live on the Jag Bags podcast and submit our uh, ballot to the Rock Hall personally. None other than Mr. Jan Wenner has expressed interest in the results of our voting. And speaking of Jan Wenner, we'll be going over Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time, where I will immerse myself across four albums and provide this immersion to you, the lucky Jagbags listeners. You're going to get a soaking of musical <laughs> reviews, a complete soaking. Uh, but before we do all Put of on that, your ponchos. Yes. And prepare yourself for a soaking from beef. I don't know. <laughs> the cops are probably being called right now. Uh, hopefully I can get to that. That exact phrase is on the wall of a frat house in Northwestern. Ew. It's never been taken down. That's gross. From Beeves glory days. I deny it. <laughs> Let's get, but before we get into all of that, I uh, understand. <sighs> Please, Len, tell us about your latest wonderful meeting with your agent and your new pal, uh, the best-selling author, uh, Sean Penn. Such, such doings over there at the uh, at Regency's office. Well, this was, it was the same type of odd meeting. Yeah. I guess that's what he does, Sean Penn. It was the same thing. But I, I guess I, I was expecting it this time. Show up. Regency's assistant brings out the mashed potatoes and water. Yes. And we don't say anything. Silence. But by the time I drive back to Jagbag Studio, Regency <laughs> Jag has Bag Studio. Regency. <laughs> Regency has either called or texted me and told me something. Last week it was when we were talking about lit bags. Sean Penn and I are doing a new podcast where we discussed major works of literature like Mark Twain, Virginia <laughs> Woolf, Sean Penn. Yes, yes. But this week, unbeknownst to me, I agreed to a new restaurant called Mashwaters. Oh, that sounds Opening like in the loop. In, we're looking at June. A June grand opening. Maybe we can broadcast live from Matchwaters. I think that's, I, I think a lot, there's an A list of Chicago celebrities who will be at the opening of. Uh, I'm definitely inviting Vander to, if she's still in town. Man, you, <laughs> so, June 2022, 
mashed waters, mashed yeah. potatoes, water. That's it. Theme restaurant. We're looking forward to all of you choosing mashed waters as your regular lunch or dinner spot for a night out. Oh man, who's going to be the master of ceremony at uh, the opening of uh, um, of Mash Waters? Will you be having Tracy Butler or Cheryl Scott? No, no, I, Chance the Rapper has expressed interest. Chance the Rapper. Chance the oh, we're going big. Oh man, yeah, this is uh, so. Uh, uh, I've I've gotten several faxes from Andy Avalos uh, informing me of his availability. Um, should I what should I tell what should I tell Andy? Uh, I don't think we're going to need Andy. So far, it's Chance the Rapper, Jennifer Beals, <laughs> Billy Corgan, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. <laughs> so I don't think there's room for Mister Avalos. My brother will be crushed, though. He's a big Andy Avalos fan. Who isn't an Andy Avalos fan? Maybe maybe he can uh, do a weather update. I, I, we'll, we'll discuss it later. We'll discuss it later. Don't blow off Andy Avalos. <laughs> so he's a, uh, he's a high roller at Liquorbox. He can yeah. make life unpleasant for us. Well, maybe uh, we'll work Mr. Avalos in. June 2022. Mark your calendars, everyone. Should be a good one. Put a note in your phone. Uh, this will be that new hotspot. Going to be a great time. A Chicago Saturday night starts at Nashwaters and ends at Liquor Box. <laughs> perfect. Oh, a perfect Saturday night. It really is a hot Chicago night. Well, let's uh, let's move on to sports uh, and let's get right into the NFL. Have you placed your Vegas bets on the Super Bowl? I think the Rams are going to win. I think the Rams. I think we said it last week, and I nothing has happened to change my mind. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they have too many too many weapons. I, I also think McVay is a better coach than the Bengals. I texted our friend and Jagbag's guest, Anthony DeAndre, the other night that I'm, I'm leaning toward rooting for the Rams now because Stacey King was kind of ripping on Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> what was Stacey King saying about who? What is Stacey King? dare to say about Matthew Stafford. He was saying, I don't know about Stafford in a big game. I'm like, he, he's never been in a big game. He's, he was on the Lions for 12 years. First of all, I don't know about Stacey King in a big game. <laughs> yeah, we know he can throw passes to Barkley. Yeah, good job, Stacey. What a uh, contributions you made to that yeah. first three-peat. Mm-hmm. You know, when everyone says, oh, Jordan had an incredible supporting cast, I'm like, what? He's playing with Stacy King, getting uh, major minutes. But the flip side of that is Judd Bouchler. Well, that's he the played with the immortal Judd Bouchler. Superior supporting cast, mm-hmm. major minutes from Mister Bouchler. There's no comparison of the. So what else? Uh, so Stacy King just said Matt Stafford doesn't show up in the big games. Yeah, him and who's the main announcer's name again? I uh, forget. He's like he's a sink sinkophant. To Stacy, everything Stacy King says is hilarious. Well, he's he, but he was he was taking Stafford's side in this one. Was he? Yeah, Ooh, daring to argue with Stacy. Yeah, 
he'll be punished for that later. <laughs> I forget his name. Uh, but to be honest, out. I probably won't know who I'm rooting for until the game starts, I think. I, you know what? I, I was just about to say that. And, uh, you know, just depending on how the, the way it goes, you know, especially if, like, say, one team jumps out to a huge lead and then another one is coming back. I'm always a fan of a comeback game. I just hope it's a good game. I don't want to blow out. Sometimes Do you know Chuck Klosterman? Yes. He says he says he never roots for anybody when he watches a sporting event. Well, how can you? I don't know how you can even do how that. How can you do that? I think the closest I ever came to not really rooting for anyone was the Spurs and the Heat were in the finals once. Yeah. But once I started watching it, I, I'm like, I'm rooting for the Spurs. The uh, um, the the pis- well the uh, the the Pistons Spurs I wasn't rooting for anyone I think that was like ten years prior, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I just didn't have a dog in the fight and wound up rooting for the Spurs just because uh, I thought Richard Hamilton I I just didn't like him you know mm-hmm. Richard Hamilton was starting to annoy me. <laughs> Why? What did he? I, I I don't know I can't explain it. He was a clean player. I liked Hamilton. I liked all those. He pitches. was he was one of the guys who would never stop running. Never. Yeah. I like watching him play. I like the I like that whole squad, that Piston squad. Even Rashid Wallace, I I didn't mind him. <laughs> I always just think ball don't lie when I know, right? <laughs> when the guy missed a free throw and he yelled at at the ref and they gave him a T. <laughs> they gave him a T. Oh my God. Refs. Anyway, uh, I could see rooting for the Bengals. If the Bengals start coming back, I could definitely see myself rooting for, for them. Um, yeah, really you're two, your two underdogs in that Bengals have never won and Stafford has never won. So you have two underdogs to root for. And I think like Aaron Donald has never won. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, poor OBJ. He's never won anything either. Um, which is true. He hasn't. Also, Cooper Cup, who's been having a great season. I mean, he's toiled in obscurity as well. Yeah, he's got a real They got to the Super Bowl, what was it, two years ago, three years ago? They lost like 10 to 3. Yeah. Yeah, with Goff had an awful game against Probably, the Patriots. Uh, that was the most boring Super yep. Bowl ever. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I've never been less interested in the Super Bowl than that one. Yeah, it'd be nice if the Super Bowl was as good as the playoffs have been. I'm, I'm. Every game's been great, been very exciting. So, yep. Um. So anyway, uh. So uh, anything more to say about the Super Bowl? Um, I'm hoping the commercials are good. Um, and uh, the halftime entertainment I hope is good as well. I think it will be. And uh, they'll probably there'll be one or two surprises. You know there will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're saying it's going to be the warmest Super Bowl ever. Really? Yeah, it's going to be a game time temperature of eighty six degrees. Oh boy! It's going to be hot. Wow. Yeah, I, that's like an advantage for the Rams, I think. Well, I mean, they're playing in front of their home crowd. But plus, they're used to warm temperatures. Right. The Bengals have probably been playing in the cold all year. Right. Well, 
Yeah, we'll see. I think, you know, the Rams definitely have the – I mean, they got the home field advantage. Yeah. But they really should not lose. The Rams – yeah, you would think the Rams, but the Burrow factor is what um, can keep the Bengals in it. And if that defense shows up the way they showed up against the Chiefs in the second half. Yeah. I mean, if they don't get too far behind in the first half, even if they're losing, they have that confidence that they can come back. So, And, and uh, um, Stephen A. Smith, whom I normally despise, uh, he did make a good point. He said there's zero pressure on Joe Burrow. None. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I you want you have an entire city that's never won a Super Bowl. I feel like that's pressure. Yeah, but uh, no one expects them to win. No one. I still think there's pressure. It's a Super Bowl. You're playing. You're basically the visitor team, and just the Super Bowl itself is probably overwhelming. If if you don't, you know, find a way to relax. Right. You know that every if you start start thinking about it too much, like everyone in the world's watching, it's that's pressure. I I mean, just as pressure goes, I mean, as far as like um, the uh, the Rams are favored, they are uh, favored by four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't favor them by a lot the way the Bengals are playing. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's interesting. Because... You give them three for actually being a home team somehow at the Super Bowl. And then extra point and a half because talent-wise, the Rams have more than the Bengals. Right. Uh, I'm trying to uh, see if there are any other uh, odds here that uh, – uh, like in terms of like who will who will win MVP, I don't see anything here. Yeah, the, the Bengals have to be super confident though, because so they they kind of barely beat the Raiders, who aren't a very good team, but then they beat the one seed and the Titans, and then they beat the Chiefs, who everybody thought was go- we're going to beat them easily. So they yeah, they're, they're gonna high. they're gonna be really confident. Yeah, they're rested for two weeks. Uh, I mean, if their coach might figure something out that works well against the Rams, you don't know. You get you get that extra week, you can find some flaws that you might not normally find. You might you they might uh, it might it might be you never know. They um, they're saying that um, Jamar Chase is an early favorite to win uh, MVP. I don't know how that can be, but. They're saying Chase is going to break out. Um, also, I forgot about this. Uh, Zach Taylor was uh, Sean McVay's offensive coordinator. So mm. he does have a bit of familiarity with what the Rams, you know, try to do. Yeah, a lot of good storylines for this one. Yeah. Well, should, hopefully it's a good game. Yeah, it's a low-pressure watch for me and you because we don't hate either team. <laughs> exactly. I love it. But, <laughs> This is the your most relaxed Super Bowl watch. And I know. No I can't remember the last one where, because it's usually Tom Brady's in there and I never want him to win. Right. But it's delicious if when he loses. 
There's always yeah, but there's still there. pressure watching it. You know, this one. The worst Super Bowl I ever watched was the Falcons losing to the Patriots. That, that was, was the worst. That was painful. Imagine if I was a Falcons fan. I think I really probably would have broken a lot of things. That's <laughs> on my Facebook memories. I wrote, if I was a Falcons fan, I would have set my own car on fire. <laughs> I would have too. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I thought was going to happen to the Rams that game uh, against the Buccaneers in the playoffs. When Brady came back, I thought they had it. Yeah. But Stafford and Cup came up big for them. Yeah, held on. That was a huge – that gives the Rams a lot of confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, should be a good one. Hopefully a, a good game. And uh, – uh, and uh, we'll we'll have the recap for you next week with our expert breakdown and our own MVPs of the game. Uh, who cares what the media thinks? Um, I personally don't care what Susie Colbert thinks is the MVP. Only Len and I matter. That's yes. right. Well, should we move on to the NBA? Yes. Why don't you start with your joyous... Cleveland team. Oh man. Here's how here's how much I believe. I just bought a Darius Garland jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's official. It's official. When you buy a jersey, uh, and it was on sale, they were trying to get rid of their city edition unis. Mm-hmm. It was on sale, extra large, $40, uh, which it, it was 120, and they're trying to get rid of them. So 40 bucks, I can, I can handle that. Uh, I would prefer a Mobley, but he's the first uh, all non-LeBron era all-star. So I'll take it. Um, it's delightful. It's delightful. Um, here's some, here's some uh, thoughts. First of all, it's, I don't care how petty, and I said this on Twitter, I don't care how petty this sounds. One of the best parts is how much the Lakers are struggling. Yeah. It's just, it's, and, and I'm mad at myself because I'm like, forget about LeBron. <laughs> you know, just like, can I just, can I enjoy one basketball season without him like dominating my thoughts? But that's just how it's going to go. Um, but, and, and, and maybe like, I wouldn't be interested in trading for LeBron because of who I'd probably have to give up. Like, no, thanks. That's a, that's a great feeling. Um, well, you guys, you guys got Levert. Yeah. What do you think of that trade? He just scored 42 points against the bulls. Yeah. And you got him for a guy who's not going to play the rest of the year. And three draft picks and the contract, they got to pay Rubio. Right. That's pretty big for them. I think it's a great pickup. I think they were trying to, see if Portland wanted to get rid of McCollum, CJ McCollum. Mm-hmm. Um, but McCollum had a collapsed lung earlier in the year. Yeah, but he seems okay. I saw him play against the Bulls recently. He seemed fine. He is back. Um, I don't know what Portland's doing, if they're going to rebuild or they're going to – because I think they're in the ninth or tenth spot right now. And they're doing it without Lillard. Yeah, so – which begs the question, like, how much do they really miss the guy? 
Um, I would take Lillard on my team. Oh, in a minute. He's a great player. Plus, so, he's super clutch. Yeah. And so, uh, pretty interesting uh, doing some Portland. Yeah, he's on the block. The, the Ben Simmons stuff will never go away. But I'm happy with Levert because they need a guy who can create their own offense. And they really need it. They've, even though their defense has been just lights out. So good. And uh, did you watch that Hornets game? Or did no. you read about it? The I watched it, and there was the most, probably the most incompetent display of refereeing down the stretch I have ever seen in, in a game. Um, they, it was, it was close, and it was chippy. And Jared Allen, who was not selected to the all-star team, was playing like a man possessed. I think he finished with like 29 points and 22 rebounds. He was just, you know, trying to prove a point. Who do you think he should have replaced on the all-star team? I don't think he should have been on it. I, I, oh, think, okay. I thought he played his way out of contention mm-hmm. in January. I was complaining about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, well, what's going on with him? Mm-hmm. And I think, well, who knows? But I think he got woke. I think he was woken up because mm-hmm. – Against Charlotte, he played great. And against the Pacers, he played great. Yeah. Anyway, it was a chippy game and it was a close game. And uh, Charlotte had the ball with like less than five minutes to play. And there was a loose ball and there was a scrum for the loose ball. And I forget what happened, but the whistle blew. And so the ball was dead and it somehow squirted out to Terry Rozier. Uh, who was doing a lot of chirping with the Cavs bench. And it kind of squirted out to him, and he was standing near the three-point line. He got it, and he just threw up a, a shot. And as he threw up a shot, uh, one of the guys on the Cavs bench, Ed Davis, like slapped at his arm from the bench and hit his arm as he was shooting it. One of the referees apparently did not hear the whistle, and thought the whole thing was live. Counted the basket for Rogier that he shot after the whistle. Oh, he didn't even make it. The shot missed. He gave him the three points and then assessed a technical on uh, the Cavs bench for swatting at the arm. And so they gave him a free throw. They gave him four free points. <laughs> that was a huge swing in the game. Talk about setting my car on fire. <laughs> I was out, but to be fair, the cabs, uh, the refs down the stretch had two egregious. Uh, I think there were makeups. Uh, uh, there was one where Okoro was boxing out uh, Gordon Hayward for the Hornets and basically tackled him. That was unbelievable. Tackled him, threw him out of the way, got the rebound, no call. Uh, Hornets bench went crazy and rightfully so. And then Love with the Cavs down one was fouled as he was going to the basket. He was fouled on the ground. It was, I mean, it was so clearly not a continuation, but he shot it and they gave him the two free throws, which were the deciding free throws of the game. And so the Cavs wound up winning. But I was like, Jesus Lord, these refs, what is going on? That was horrible. Um, so, um, so yeah, their schedule's really easy. 
Um, and, uh, you know, they just got to focus because I think they're still a young team. I think they have to learn that just because they're playing the Houston Rockets on the road, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. Mm-hmm. You, you got to, you got to bring it. Um, so anyway, uh, but I think it's, I don't think it's too early to say that it's obviously going to be a Cavs Bulls Eastern Conference Finals. And we are going to have uh, some throwdowns at Liquor Box watching these games. Well, there's a lot of questions with the Bulls. Ah, uh, the Bulls. What are your questions? Okay, the main question is, okay, so, and I think we will probably win enough games, hopefully, to stay in the top four. But when it gets to playoff time, are Caruso, Lonzo, Jones, are they all going to be ready? Are they going to be playing at the top of their game in time for the playoffs? Because we really need those guys defensively. Right. Because our defense is not good. Right. And I love this team. And DeRozan is playing great. Great. But DeRozan has not played good defense. And he's supposed to be a good defender. Right. Other guys have have played better. But – the team defense, there's just too many easy baskets. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're playing a really good team like the 76ers or the Suns tonight, we're losing, I think, by like 20 to the Suns right now. Right. You can kind of go, okay. I mean, we're playing a great team. Like tonight, Levine came back today, but, you know, he missed two games with back spasms. So he's probably not 100%. And Kobe White just came back because he had a groin injury. Right. So I didn't. I wasn't optimistic about the game today or yesterday's game. In yesterday's game, I thought they played fairly well, considering Io was the only guard they really had. Yeah, right. Because they they were in it. They just couldn't. They kind of just ran out of gas. And the 76ers are a really good team. They're they don't need Ben Simmons. I was gonna say, like, he's probably the best player in the league. I mean, he just – he kind of does everything. The only, only thing Embiid does is he, he – the only time he usually misses a shot is when he gets like, I'm just going to dribble and look at you. And just kind of <laughs> just shoot a regular jump shot. He usually misses those. Right. When he just like puts his head down and tries to get to the basket, he usually makes it. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a good defender. He's He's really – Hard. I don't. I haven't seen a better player than him this year. Right. And and all the other guys on their team are good. Their point guard Maxi's playing real well. And I don't Seth know Curry. If, um, if I'm the 76ers, because there's talk that they're going to get rid of Simmons and bring James Harden to this to uh, Philly. Oh, that would be Brooklyn, terrible. No, Brooklyn like wants Seth Curry too, and I'm like, why would you break up anything with this team? They're they're like not far off of the, the top spot in the East. There's they're no probably the best. They're probably the best team in the East, 76ers. They've been uh, on fire for the last like month, maybe month and a half. You can't cover, you can't leave any of their guys open. Yeah. They got so many good shoot. Embiid's the best player in the league, and almost every guy on their team can shoot. I mean, Tobias Harris 
He scored like 23 points yesterday. He was driving a basket like no one was covering him. Right. He had like three or four layups. And he, he's, a, he's a really good player. He, I think he was an all-star at least once. You kind of forget about a guy like him. You're like, oh, yeah, he's really good too. And so What are the timelines? They seem to play really well together and like each other. Mm-hmm. And Embiid, Embiid can clean things up if somebody gets burned. Yeah, the shot blocker. That's what the Bulls are missing so bad. So when is Ball due back again? They're all due back around the same time, like six to eight weeks. Uh, actually, Patrick Williams too. So they'll get a big infusion. Well, okay, so it's February. Playoffs. When the playoffs start? May. Uh. Yeah, uh, April, May. Let's see when they exactly start. Because, yeah, maybe different. If they come back right before, that's going to be hard. Not just for them getting in shape, but also for everybody getting used to playing each other again. Yeah, playoffs start mid April. Yeah, April. So that's kind of cutting it close. I mean, if they can get, if they get like two or three weeks, it, it depends, six to eight weeks. If it's closer to six, maybe they get almost a month playing with everybody again. Right. You get Caruso and Lonzo in the passing lanes again. And that, uh, that when you you have those two guys, you're afraid, you're almost afraid to pass the ball around them. That changes things defensively if they're back. And that's, yeah, that's the big thing that they're missing. Because you get you got more than enough offense. The Rosen might be the best. Well, probably Embiid, but the Rosen's probably the second best offensive player in the league this year. Levine's been really good. Vukovic has been really strong the past couple weeks, like consistent finally. Yeah, they need they if Vooch can get a double, just average a double double, like a 2010, the Bulls are a tough out, very tough out. That's they, need defense. they need defense though. They're not gonna they're not gonna beat anybody playing defense like this. Yeah. That's why those two guys are the key. I mean, and Derek Jones. Derek Jones is probably our best forward defender. The thing is, too, is that the East is wide open. I mean, yeah, the Sixers may be the best team in the East, but there's not like the run, there's not a foregone conclusion the way say Phoenix and Golden State. Maybe are in the West. Like- I think from watching yesterday, we played pretty well missing all those guys we had. The 76ers look really good, but we were competing. And like I said, missing missing our top guys. So if we can be in sync in the playoffs and disrupt the other team with our uh, steals and everything, then we could. We could beat almost anybody. There's five. Just a matter, do we find that rhythm by April with everybody? There's five teams that are crowded all around, and then the Raptors have gotten really hot. The Raptors looked good. I saw two Bulls games. What did I want? No, I didn't watch the second one, but the second one, the Raptors won in overtime. The first game, we beat them by, I think, six, but they looked good. Yeah. They got a lot of, I mean, a lot of guys that are tough to handle in that team. 
Yeah, and then if Brooklyn, who knows if Brooklyn can get its act back together, but I mean, those three guys have never played. Irving, uh, Durant, and Harden have never played. Why are they? Why do they want to trade Harden? Uh, I don't think they do. I think it's just big Twitter rumors, to be honest. Because that doesn't make any sense. No. If you think if they like him, there's no. It wouldn't make unless they don't like the way he's been playing. I they haven't. They have to give it a chance. They have to wait till Durant gets back, and you know maybe. Kobe won't be such a knucklehead or not Kobe Kyrie won't be such a knucklehead and uh, can play, you know, <laughs> all the games on the schedules as opposed to have. But anyway, that's heat, heat 76ers. Yep. Nats bulls. Who's fifth? Milwaukee. Oh, and the Cavs. There's like six really good teams and the Cavs. So yeah, man, it might be kind of tough for the bulls to stay in the top four. I mean, it's it's so crowded. I don't know what their schedule is like. I guess I feel like their schedule is kind of tough. Been kind of tough recently, so right. Maybe they get some easier teams that that would help them stay up there. Yeah. Um, well, it'll be it will be exciting heading into the break. Uh, should we talk college hoops? Should we move on to college hoops? Or yeah, I I can submit that this was one of this might have been the best local team weekend in ages. Yeah. Alina had a great week. First, they beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin couldn't make a shot to save their life that game. Yeah. And Wisconsin's a really good team. And they stayed in it with their defense and getting free throws, but they were like (laughs) – it's like three for 20, something horrendous, three for 25 or something from three. Right. And they couldn't, they couldn't handle Kofi at all. He dominated them. Right. And then Indiana, I was worried about the Indiana game because it was in Indiana, but I didn't watch it, but Trent Frazier played really well and they won pretty easily. They won by double digits. And uh, I know last week I said, Delaney, I seem to me like a team. They'll make the tournament and they might win a game, but I don't see them going that far. But they showed me something this weekend because they basically shut down the two stars under on Wisconsin and Indiana. Both of them had really bad games, and their coach always says that Trent Frazier is the best defender in college basketball. So if they can. I mean, in in college, if you clamp down on the best player, you usually win. I watched the Indiana-Illinois game, and it was close, and then Illinois just pulled away. They just just, uh, turned up the screws Mm -hmm. on Indiana. And, uh, yeah, you're right. They held their best player. They they got their best player in foul trouble. Two quick fouls. He had to sit out pretty much all the first half. and yeah, it was very impressive at Illinois. And you like to think Curbelo has a month to get ready for Mark Mandis. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know he's gonna he'll start playing better. He will. So so Illinois, I, they're up to thir- number thirteen in the nation. Yeah, and well, and <laughs> their schedule is just insane though. So tomorrow they play Purdue, who's ranked fourth. Right. If they beat Purdue. Look out. 
Len will be setting cars on fire, but in a good <laughs> way. not in a bad way. Yeah. So. You know, the good way of setting cars on fire. Joyously. Joyously with no pants on. So, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to watch that one tomorrow. That should be a good game. It's going to be because they have two good big guys, Purdue, going up against Kofi. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. But the line, like I said, they got to be playing a lot of confidence. Absolutely. And so the other locals on Saturday, Northwestern, granted they're playing Nebraska. Dominant Northwestern. To win a blowout. Fantastic. They need Paul. We we've talked about Northwestern and Nepal being kind of the same where they they compete and but they usually end up losing. But right. Nepal stuck it all the way through and beat a ranked team, beat Xavier. Big win. And then Sunday, the game Loyola really needed, they got. Yeah, that's a tough Missouri State team, and they—I um, didn't watch it, but uh, from all accounts, they looked uh, looked they had their mojo back. It was it was the same thing I was just talking about. They shut down their best scorer, Lucas Williamson, shut him down. There you the go. The guy who scored a ton against them last time, and and they got the win. And it's—I <laughs> don't know if I brought this up last week, but one prognosticator this was even before they won sunday they have loyola in the tournament as a 10 seed as a at large so even if they don't win their conference they think loyola is going to make it but another guy said oh loyola needed to win that game sunday but they won it right well uh, it was a very exciting weekend for the local teams it really was and i think that if loyola can I think they get one more shot at Drake, and if they can beat Drake, I think they'll feel a lot better about themselves heading into the Missouri Valley tournament. Um, and uh, but they're yeah, so they're, experienced, you like to think they'll they'll play well in the conference tournament. Agreed, you'd think they would, and they've got a tough game. I mean, they play Bradley; they should win that game. But then Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa's been playing really, really well. Yeah, I think they're they're in the upper tier of their conference also. Yeah, and they have two games against Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, so it uh yeah, it should be it should be uh um a good finish. Um, but they're trending in the right direction. The other thing that I want to say is I watched that DePaul game, and uh you know who is a announcing treasure? <laughs> I know the answer. Who you knew, let everybody know. Who knew that Dickie Simpkins <laughs> is great? Yeah. The, the whole second half, I was like, who's this color? <laughs> He's awesome. Yep. He was like, we know Scruggs has the physical tools, Jeff. <laughs> But what sets him apart and is taking him to the next level now is the desire and the will, Jeff. Oh, it was it, it was awesome. I think you tweeted that Simpkins is the MJ of announcers. I want, first of all, <laughs> Stacey King out. Simpkins in. 
I'm all for that. Uh, and I will buy Simpkins a Stafford jersey to celebrate. Apparently, he's been a Fox Sports 1 uh, announcer for a while now and uh, does uh, Big East games mostly, uh, color commentary. He also did a little more research on Dickie. He uh, is uh, a uh, owner of a motivational uh, company, so he's uh, a motivational speaker. And yeah, I think it's called Simp Cans. <laughs> uh, though his bio says, Dickie Simpkins is a three-time NBA champion. <laughs> oh, my God. I was fired up. I think he I think he went to Providence. So it I, makes sense that he'd be doing big East games. To be honest, and I'm being I am being serious. I really enjoyed it. Uh, without knowing who he was. And to find out that it was Dickie Simpkins was like, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some announcers, I think they have a they have a gift for making it feel like a big game, mm-hmm. even though it's not necessarily. Yep. And some announcers try to do that and they are annoying. And I think others just, they get into it and they're excited. And that really um, comes across. And I was like, this, this color announcer is into it. And uh, he is, he is excited for both teams. And, uh, you know, and, and with good, I mean, Good uh, uh, analysis, nothing groundbreaking, but he was far from annoying. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyway, so uh, that was that was a key learning for me <laughs> down the stretch. Should we move on and talk the speaking of drama? Should we talk the latest Kurt, Courtney Vandersloot? Uh, the latest. Uh, let's go to our Vandersloot correspondent, Len Foot. For the latest update on the uh, developing Courtney Vandersloot situation. So it's a good news, bad news thing for Courtney Vandersloot's free free agency. Yeah. The bad news was that I read that the offer she received, she thought was awful. Mm. Just a terrible insult. But the good news is She's playing overseas, and one of her teammates there, the Sky signed to possibly be her backup. Mm. So it's it's a real back and forth, and we will keep you updated here at Jag Bags. Two other things: a possible thing that might happen is, I guess, a few years ago, one of the best players in the WNBA set out the season because an overseas team paid her to sit out the season which is something an overseas team will do to keep them happy and stay there Man, so I there's a possibility that they'll do that with Vandersloot. i need an overseas company to pay me to <laughs> maybe a singapore podcast can pay me to just could <laughs> happen and then the final thing I will say is the other thing that might keep her here is the Sky are making moves to maintain a really strong roster. Because they signed Copper, who was the finals MVP. They lost a couple players, but they signed some good replacements. So the team should be really good again. And I also read, so I lied. That wasn't my final thing. I also read 
that they think Vandersloot's the type who doesn't want to sit out. So that overseas thing might not happen just because she won't want to not play in a league for that long because she just loves playing so much. Yeah. They need but we'll, again, we will keep you updated here at Jagbags. Really quick, Vandersloot or Judd Bushler? Pick it now. <laughs> That's why. Why would you even say that to me? Come on. Where's your loyalty? What? Where's the hurt? Choose. I don't want to choose. <laughs> Fine. No. They're, now they're both mad at you. <laughs> I love you both. Uh, Judd and Courtney. Maybe they can sign Judd as an assistant coach and sway Vandersloot does remain in Chicago. You'd have to take Judd off the volleyball courts of San Diego. I think he's very happy over there. I'm going to text him right now. <laughs> okay, let me know. Let me know what he says. Um, hey, Judster. Oh, boy. In the middle of talking to my... Never mind, Judd, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Let's go with I recommend. You have two I rec- recommendations for I recommend. Yeah. So I'll start with my first one, then you can do yours and I'll do it mine. Okay. So I'm picking a specific episode. So we've talked a little bit about McCartney 321. I haven't finished it yet. The first two episodes, me and you, I think, had the same problem is that Rick Rubin (laughs) is too fawning. And it's kind of like, yeah, you're you're kind of a famous producer. You shouldn't be that funny. <laughs> but in episode three, he doesn't really do that because it was easily my favorite episode so far of it. Because it's McCartney talking about some of his favorites from the 60s and 50s. And it's always nice to see someone like that being a fan. Yeah. Like someone who super famous and great musician and everything, but he is also a fan. So it's him talking about little Richard or Orbison, the kinks. He said, we snuck, you know, snuck backstage West kinks and Hendrix and how great Dylan was at Albert hall. And it, like I said, there wasn't the fawning. It was, it was more about what McCartney likes than, them two kind of d- dissecting a Beatles song or a solo McCartney song. So I really enjoyed that episode. Okay. Episode three, for those of you who would want to see it. McCartney 321. Yeah, maybe I'll pick it back up. I think you'd like that one. Okay. What's your I recommend? You know, we uh, talked about it a little bit via text. But uh, I listened to it over the weekend, and I really do recommend, because we've been doing the Mellencamp bracket, and I really do recommend the album Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. By, uh, officially, it's by John Cougar Mellencamp. Um, he's not going by John. It was his first album as John Cougar Mellencamp, which was kind of a risk. Um, but, uh, yeah, that album is nonstop jams. Yep. Uh, from start to finish mm-hmm. and uh he really uh you know has kind of perfected his little swaggering songwriting technique and it's an album where the deep cuts are just as good as the hits and uh even the weaker 
kind of uh, tracks. I mean, there's really, actually, there's really no filler. I don't think there is. I think every song is good. It's his best album. I think it's his most rocking album, too. Yeah. And uh, so and if you haven't listened to our Mountain Camp podcast, be sure to do that. Yes. Uh, that's just last week. And with our special guest, L.A. songwriter and performer, Sherry Adams. It's a good one. Check it out. I've been deep in the Mountain Camp, too. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh is really my favorite. I think it gets overlooked. The hits are, for those who may not be aware, Crumbling Down, Pink Houses, and the Authority song. But don't stop there because, and those three songs are the first three songs of the of, of the album. But uh, if you keep going, the rest of the, if you like those three songs, keep going. Because I think that even Warmer Place to Sleep and serious business and play guitar are just as good, possibly better than yep. the hits. Um, yeah, they're all great. Oh, yeah, I, I've been listening to him <laughs> keep listening because I'm like, Lonesome Jubilee is the one I've been listening to a lot. I used to think Lonesome J- Jubilee was his best, uh, but now I'm I'm back to uh huh. Human Wheels is my favorite, but Uh-huh is real close. They're real close. It's a sliver. I put Human Wheels a sliver above Uh-huh. All right, super quick. But, but Lonesome Jubilee and Scarecrow and Trouble No More, Cutting Heads. I'm just so much good stuff. Super quick. What song do you think is going to win the bracket? We're down to the Sweet 16. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> It's like all hits left. It's up. It's in all there. hits and minutes of memories left right now. Yeah, it could, it could be anything. And I feel like though people aren't really going deep on him though, because now it's all songs everybody knows, so more people are voting. Yeah. So it might be a more obvious choice, like Jack and Diane. It's that feels like the favorite. But Cherry Bomb is. Crutching everybody it goes up against. It might be kind of a surprise winner. All right. That'd what be about you? Favorite. What do you think? I think Cherry Bomb wins it. You or that's Cherry what Bomb I'm rooting. Too. That's what I'm rooting for. That's my favorite out of all the songs left. Yeah. I don't know what my favorite is. Now that Day Tripper is out. I mean, uh, I mean <laughs> now that Justice and Independence 85. That's a great song. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. I love it. Why did he not release that? That would have been a number one uh, hit. I think because Scarecrow had so many hits on it. Right. That album was pretty gigantic. Pretty great. Now I got to figure out which one's my favorite or what's left. It's all hits, though, you know? So there's not like a secret one to root for because there's no real underdog except for Minutes to Memories, but I don't think Minutes to Memories is going to win. Maybe, maybe Pink Houses. I'm rude. I guess Pink Houses. Out of the big hits, I think that's my favorite. Oh, that's your favorite? Yeah. Social commentary. <laughs> All right. What's your uh, What's your last? I recommend your second one. Do you know who Natalie Morales is? No. She's an actress. Did you ever watch Parks and Recreation? Yes. You remember Aziz's girlfriend? 
on Parks Recreation? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Vaguely. Yes. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. I like her a lot. She was on a show called Trophy Wife. She had her own sitcom that lasted like 10 episodes. It was like set in a bar that was in somebody's yard or something. Yeah. And she was also in, uh, what was the other thing I liked her in? I can't remember right now. But anyway, she wrote and directed a movie. It's called Language Lessons. Came out last year. Her and, you know, Mark Duplass. Yes. So it's kind of indie, kind of has that indie feel. And it's obviously filled, filmed in uh, pandemic time because it's basically a Zoom between those two. But it's a Zoom that has a reason. So Mark Duplass, his husband in the movie, hires Natalie Morales' character to teach him Spanish, but they do it on, on Zoom. And I can't really say too much about the plot because things happen, but it's basically just those two and their relationship. And it's just builds up. And the acting's really good, especially her. I think she's a great performer. And Again, I, I just I can't give anything away because it'll spoil the movie for you. But it's definitely worth seeing. Okay. She wrote it, she directed it. And oh wow. Yeah. So it's a uh, um so she's got a little juice in Hollywood to get her own project and yeah, and the critics really liked it. People watch it really liked it. It's just kind of an under the radar thing. But I recommend it. I'll have to check. And where, where can you see it? I, I got a, I just took out a library on DVD. Are you trying? Okay. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Fine. I'll look it up while you talk Rolling Stone Top 500. Oh, get ready for the uh, spreading of musical knowledge for records for your uh for your consideration uh from the rolling stones top 500 albums i uh am at album number 390 pixies surfer rosa what do you think of what do you think of pixies i like pixies a lot i do too uh i don't know that they're top 500 though um i think that <laughs> In college, everybody was like, ooh, if you're, you know, if you're really cutting edge and underground, then you like Pixies. Um, if you're just a poser, you like Red Hot Chili Peppers and Depeche Mode. But the true cutting edge people like Pixies. And so I think I like them a lot more in college based on, on just that they're kind of like cachet. But now that they're sort of, you know, time has passed. I'm like, oh, they were all right. They were just okay. I liked the uh, Doolittle, but Doolittle is that the album? What's the one that's got Monkey Gone to Heaven? Doolittle is one of my favorite albums. Yeah, that is a top 500 album. I I'm assuming that it's going to be on here. Uh, Surfer Rosa, which is 390. I, I I'd say no. If it did make it, I'd say maybe like high 400s. 
I like it. Doolittle's better, though. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I guess 390 seems okay. I mean, they're a critic's darling, so I understand the inclusion. Uh, 389. I'll make this quick. Mariah Carey, the <laughs> Emancipation of Mimi. First of all, let me just say that Mariah Carey has one of the greatest voices of all time. Like her voice, the first time I heard, I think it was Vision of Love. That was mm -hmm. her very mm -hmm. first hit. I remember thinking, well, she has a better voice than Whitney Houston. Um, by far, in fact. Like, who's this? She's a super vocalist. Um, I wouldn't say by far. Watch by what you say about Whitney Houston. Mariah Carey, greater than Whitney, from a pure vocal power. She's got a better voice than Whitney Houston. I don't think so. Well, well you know what, Len? Save it for the Kerry versus Houston podcast. We're going to discuss this later. Yes, I think I will. <laughs> when we have the Kerry Houston throwdown podcast episode. <laughs> that said, The Emancipation of Mimi is not a top 500 album. No way. Not even close. No. Yeah. That, that album went six-time platinum, by the way. Sold so many records. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, well, real quick, I feel like for like you said about her voice and everything, I just I like maybe two songs or me too. And she's been around, she's had tons and tons of songs, but get some songwriters, Mariah. Yeah, That's she needs better it. songwriters. Oh, awful. Mm -hmm. Awful, awful. 388, someone else with an amazing voice. I feel like they just kind of like loop these two together and then invite comparisons. Um, but 388, Aretha Franklin, uh, Young, Gifted, and Black. Um, did you review this album? Uh, I think so. The Jag Bags? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's excellent. It's got Rock Steady. Love it Rock Steady. Is a, will always be a top three all time Aretha favorite of mine. Um, sometimes my favorite, my very favorite. Um, it's also got a very good version of The Long and Winding Road. Um, and she does a great version of the Elton John uh, uh, hit uh, Border Song. Um, yeah, that's really, a great song. Really great version of it. And I like, she did some very simple but very clever lyrical things. Um that make it even more powerful. There's a line, the line that says, uh, there's a man over there. What's his color? I don't care. And she changed it to what's his color. Do you care? Um, <clears throat> which is very much a, a challenge um, uh, to the listener and uh, just simple stuff. And she does little simple things like that throughout that song. And uh, I think improves it. Um, so uh, Young, Gifted, and Black, I say, yes, this is a top 500 album. I think I... Even if it was just Border Song and Rocksteady, those two alone. Yeah. Yeah, the, the title track's great. Um, Daydreaming's very good. Like I said, the long... Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, another really good song. Very good. Uh, and I think 388 is about right. Uh, the last song, the last album I will review is Radiohead. The album is called In Rainbows, 
Radiohead is a group that I have been the most wrong about ever. Um, just in terms of, uh, I was down on them ever since Kid A, and uh, and I am here to say that I am a moron and an idiot. <laughs> and not only is Kid A great, but um, but so is Amnesiac. And so is uh, in rainbows. So is a moon-shaped pool. Um, there's a lot of other um, uh, hail to the thief, the king of limbs. Um, and this is someone who was a huge fan and who was really down on Kid A for a long time, and then just said, "Oh, Radiohead, they just—they're terrible. They ruined themselves." That was no. you. That was talking, me. talking like Bill Murray. Yes, I was like, yes. Uh, Radiohead, take a go yes, straight to really, really dumb, dumb album. Put Radiohead in the hole. Yes. They're gonna use. They're gonna use about a, about a six six uh, channel recording equipment. Six channel recording. Cannonball, cannonball coming, Radiohead. So I was wrong. I was wrong about Radiohead. <laughs> I like in rainbow. This has been Carl Spackler saying a very my favorite Radiohead album. It's very good. It's very good. I I I gotten it. I tuned it up. I dismissed it after two lessons, listens, saying it's more of this electronic uh crap. But uh they were they really were, they were ahead of their time. And I think they it just the the rest of the world caught up with them finally. I know I have. So Forgive me, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood. I will never like Karma or is it Karma Police? No. What's okay. on? What's the? What's the album that has Karma Police on it? Okay, computer. I that one I can't. Mm-mm. I was with you for a good eight to nine months after that came out, and then I, one day I was listening to it on the, on the L on the way home, and I was like, I'm wrong. This album is great. And uh, that's the only album that I've changed my mind so dramatically on, um, which colored my whole like, well, I'll keep giving Kid A a chance and Amnesiac a chance because of what happened with me and OK Computer. Um, it took 20 years, but I am on board. No, not for OK, not for OK Computer. Well, I think we'll just have to do an OK Computer podcast <laughs> right after our Carrie Houston. Oh, that's, you know what? That's a good idea. Do we have a huge radio fan, Radiohead fan, that would like to be a guest? We could do a whole Radiohead podcast. Yeah, that'd be good. Another deep dive. I like it. There's we're having Radiohead uh, fans. We're going to have a music April. Yes, we will. So that'll be a fun one. And radio, we can do a Radiohead one in the summer if someone wants to join us. Yeah, that'd be great. To, uh, check us out on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. And if you are a Radiohead fan, let us know. You too may be a Jagbags guest. What a coveted spot that is. <laughs> I mean, nonstop faxes. 
people Andy, clamoring to be a guest. Andy Avalos has been uh, <laughs> relentless wanting to be a Jag Bags guest. I think he wants to do a Huey Lewis one. Avalos. <laughs> we need to do a six-part Huey Lewis podcast. Six-part Huey <laughs> Lewis Avalos. Jag Bag <laughs> Juggernaut. Oh, man. we just... Just back up the money truck because the sponsors <laughs> will be coming out of the woodwork. By the way, the Bulls lost by three to Phoenix. What? Yeah. Holy cow. What a comeback. Right. 127-124. That's great. And so that's all I know. Wow. That's I just amazing. got the notification from my, uh, from my nude assistant, Alex. Please get away from me now, Alex. Oh, he's in your house now. Well, you know, we kind of, this is his last stop. So I am glad you've added the blurred regions thing to your Zoom. (laughs) Or else I would have probably had to leave. I'm glad you put that in. Thank Thank your computer technician for adding that. As long as he's being useful, we can, I guess we can somewhat ignore the, the, uh, the nudity. Uh, the, uh, the last, uh, I think we'll just leave it at that for now. Dave. How big is that coffee he just brought in for you? Oh, this big gulp, this 18-ouncer? Uh, oh, get ready for energy. Oh, God. Well, we only have one thing left. Yes, Luckily. that is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has put out its Class of 2022 nominees. And the official fans ballot is out. You too can go to vote.rockhall.com. Doesn't cost anything. Just have to give them your email address and then you get a bunch of... uh, And you can vote every day. And you can vote every day. There are 4, 8, 12, 16, 17 nominees for this year's class. I'll go through them really quick. MC5. No, why don't we do this first? Can I? Oh. Just to make it exciting and so we surprise each other. Okay. Let's say what our five votes are. Okay. But we'll go back and forth. Okay. So you say your first pick. Okay, we got five choices out of seven. Five choices. Okay. And then we'll discuss everybody. Sounds good. My first choice is Devo. My first choice is Beck. Beck. My second choice is Judas Priest. Mine is Pat Benatar. It's a good choice. By the way, I just want to say that out of this is the strongest group of nominees. That's what I said when I saw the list. I'm like, they all have the case. This is tough. This is very tough. Mm -hmm. Um. So my uh, so I have Devo Judas Priest. My third choice is New York Dolls. Mine is Eminem. Eminem is probably the only shoe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Duran, I, so. I, I feel like Duran Duran's going to get it. I don't know. Well, we'll talk. Let's finish this and then we'll discuss everything. Okay. So what's your fourth? My fourth choice. Oh, this is hard now. Uh, my fourth choice is I am 
going to go right now with the choice that is a tribe called Quest. Agreed. So we agree on one. Yes, we agree on one. So you too chose chose a tribe called Quest. Right. Oh, it's back to me again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my fifth choice, which is coming right now to you, the Jag Bags listener. Steve is not stalling. I don't. God, just <laughs> all right. Pat Benatar, I hate myself. Pat Benatar. Okay. My fifth, Carly Simon. Yeah, I, I was like, there's, do you pick Carly Simon? Do you pick Dolly Parton? You could say any of these people. Pick Dion Warwick. No other case. I honestly Graham. Out of all seventeen, you know, I think is the weakest case, and he has a case. But Lionel Richie, I think, is the weakest case. Yeah, Lionel. He had had plenty of hits, but I think his best work was with the Commodores. Agreed, and I feel like you know his uh his main thing is like not influence but record sales which were huge yeah mm-hmm. huge but i don't even know if it lasted that long he had his huge album that had all night long hello yeah. gigantic running, running with the night but he didn't do that much besides that in his solo career you know i want to go look real quick at his sales figures because i feel like his first solo album sold really well and i also feel like dancing on the ceiling his follow-up which was terrible that's a terrible song and a terrible album i don't think i ever even listened to the album because that song's so bad it's like, what a feeling uh lionel richie's um debut album which had truly and you are the sun, you are the rain. That's his best song, I think, solo song. That whole album is fantastic. As good as anything he's done with the Commodores, my opinion. Uh, that was four four times platinum. Uh, and then Can't Slow Down was diamond platinum. Yeah, Can't Slow Down was inescapable. Ten times platinum. Mm-hmm. Um, and 10 times platinum also in Canada and three times platinum in the UK. And then dancing on the ceiling had went four times platinum uh, in the U S and then anything, everything after that was one big. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, it was, it, there's not a lot, two really big albums. Is then the, dancing on the ceiling was so bad. Everyone said, no, we're done. <laughs> We're done with Lionel Richie. And the only album he ever put out that went platinum again was Tuskegee. The country one. Which basically he just took all of his old hits and repurposed them with a country kind of. uh, So he did like Dancing on the Ceiling with Rascal Flats and Stuck on You with Darius Rucker and easy with willie nelson and i was like uh i all night long with jimmy buffett i was like no thanks i might have to listen to that just because <laughs> i like listening to just random cover versions like that the boston globe called tuskegee an enjoyably sunny new album well maybe maybe the boston globe is correct 
Sarah Rodman says, you are with Blake Shelton uh, is, while it's calculated, they're having such a good time. It's easy like Sunday morning to get caught up in the spirit. Open up your heart, I think, Beeves, is what's happening there. Maybe let a little sunshine there, Michael. You are the sun. (laughs) You are the rain. I'm going back to uh, uh, dancing on the ceiling, and yeah, that that isn't album. ballerina girl in there too. That's awful. Awesome. So bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Do you remember when Letterman used to make fun of "Say You, Say Me" all the time? <laughs> That's also on this record. <laughs> that song's not horrible though. Out of those three, that one's at least okay. The other two are awful. There was also Deep River Woman. Deep River Woman. Did Lionel Richie just walk into the Jagbag studio? Uh, he did. Hello, Lionel. <laughs> He's bringing his head bust as well that the blind girl made for him. We all cried for that video. So. We sure did. So, sorry, Lionel. We did not vote for you for the Rock Hall of Fame. You might get in. I have submitted my vote. Apparently, um, uh, there is a huge uh, vote, get out the vote among Pat Benatar fans. Yeah, she deserves it. Who do you think are the top five right now on the official fan vote leaderboard? What would be your guess? On the fan vote? Yeah. Because they're, they're counting it. Now, they got standings. Uh, Eminem? He's number one. Duran Duran? Number two. Dolly Parton? Number four. Deanne Warwick? No, she's out of it. She's not even <sighs> fun, I know. Uh, so Eminem, Dolly Parton, Pat Bonter? Number three. So we got one more to go. So it's Eminem, number one. Duran Duran, number two. Pat Benatar number three, Dolly number four, and you got no, and then you got fifth. It's sort of surprising, but not really. Hmm. It's, def- it's definitely understandable. Uh, I will say, I will say back. No, which is shocking. Eurythmics. Correct, Eurythmics. So yeah, yeah pretty that's crazy. pretty impressive for Eminem because the rock hall. A lot of people are complaining about so many rap musicians getting in there, but he's number one in the fan vote, so everybody thinks he should be in. I think he's like the only real slam dunk. Is Eminem? I think that's. The only one that, like, I'll be shocked if he doesn't get it. Yeah, me too. Um, but the, his nomination hurts Tribe Called Quest because I read something that they only seem to induct one hip-hop person a year. So Tribe Called Quest might have to wait. Yeah, I still feel they, like, fly under the radar too much. Um, but they're really influential. Oh my god, they, they, their albums still sound like they could have been put out yesterday. Yeah, so I think, I mean, 
That's why I would vote for them. Yeah, me too. And like we have to, you got to compliment the nominating committee because great choices this year. Agreed. I totally agree. And it was hard. It was hard to pick five. Very hard. I hate to leave off a lot of these. Yeah, I went with all newer ones, the new nominees, because I think last year I voted for Dionne Warwick a lot. Mm-hmm. And she deserves to be in. Absolutely. All of them do. I love the Eurythmics, so. That's why I voted for like Devo and New York Dolls, because Eurythmics, Duran Duran, they'll all have their shot. Yeah, I don't really like Duran Duran. I like like maybe three Duran Duran songs. So I, I'd be fine with them waiting a little bit. I yeah. get I get why they're in or should be in. Sure. But for me personally. You're never a Duran Duran guy. Reflex, is there something I should know? And Beautiful Kill, that's about it. What about Save a Prayer to the Morning? No. Ultimate slow dance song. No. What? Where's your sense <laughs> of romance? We're going to have... If Lionel Richie remakes it with Blake Shelton, maybe I'll give it another listen. We're going we're gonna to have best middle school slow dance songs podcast. Where we will conduct our ultimate seduction playlist. For seventh grade girls in the early 80s. <laughs> for seventh grade girls, for me, it'd be 1979. Then, so my there you go. Late mine 70s. would be from 1979. Late 70s, early 80s. Uh, that'll be a good one. Anything else we have missed on tonight's recap episode? Let me just a couple quick more comments on the rock hall. Oh, yeah. Like a band like Judas Priest, I like them a lot. They have, they have a bunch of great songs. They belong. But they're a little bit lacking in, for me, like the depth of their discography. Do I like them? Yes. Would I be fine with them getting in? Yes. But I don't think they have enough. I disagree. I'm going to go out and say that their first three, four, five, six, their first seven albums, starting with Rocco Rolla, Sad Wings of Destiny, Sin After Sin, Stained Class, <laughs> Hell Bent for Leather, British Steel? Come on. Point of Entry and Screaming for Vengeance are all certifiable table busting jams <laughs> like the more i think about it the more i'm like i'm getting upset because they're not gonna make it <laughs> sin after sin is flipping great god that's a great album oh man british steel come on yeah british steel i will say yeah you know, sin after sin, you don't uh, see the big deal? <laughs> Dad, Wings of Destiny. Maybe I will do a uh, deep dive, Dave. Oh, I look forward to... I'll deep dive and, and report back to you. And give me a couple months. How about that? 
Oh, I want to hear your uh, uh, sad wings of destiny. Just look at all these genocide, epitaph, island of domination. These are all jams. I didn't realize you were the biggest Judas Priest fan of all time. Those first uh, touched I, a nerve here. Touched I, uh, a nerve. I really another uh, more thing. Well, I think that the rock hall is kind of a little biased against heavy metal. Oh, definitely. Which definitely. I don't understand. Yeah, you would think it would. It's rock hall. I know there should be tons of heavy metal bands, but there yeah. isn't. Yeah, I don't. I really don't get that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, um, anyway, <laughs> are um, you okay? Are you okay? I, I've settled down now. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll listen. Don't drink coffee. I'll, it's good coffee. And I've, I'm just going to listen to Island of Domination once we get done. And I'll <laughs> All right. <laughs> Beavis drank too much coffee. It's time to end. On that note. I'm going to go inject more caffeine into my veins. Uh, but thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate all of your time with us. Please subscribe to us on various podcast platforms so that you get jag bags delivered to your device instantaneously once. What could be better? Yeah, so, I mean, really, it's a great way to spend a Friday night with our expertise. Um, Although we have not yet formally announced our plans uh, to remain on Spotify, we're still in negotiations with our lawyers and with the Spotify CEO. Uh, more to come there. Uh, for now, we are on Spotify, but don't listen to us there. Listen to us on somewhere else. Um, and we are also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find us there. Suggest a show topic. Please tell Andy Avalos to just kind of stop hanging around Len's house as <laughs> to uh, be MC for the Mash Waters opening ceremony. Or I mow your lawn. Do you need a good weather forecast? Just you know, tell Andy, hey, back back downtown, back downtown. Um, Step back, Mister Avalos. With due respect, step back. Really, uh, but thanks very much for listening. As always, tell a friend or five about us. Your kind words are our best and our only form of advertising. And when you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear. <laughs>